Life Audio. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we are going to be talking about Christmas for the third time. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back three years. <laughs> three times, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, I hope we didn't do two Christmas episodes in a year. I don't think we did. I, I think we've think only so. ever done yeah, like yeah, one. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to talk about Christmas and how we can bring the joy of Christmas to those around us this Christmas season and how we can enjoy the joy of Christmas this Christmas season uh, by looking at a particular passage from scripture and kind of playing that out in our lives. But first, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. All right, Randy. So it's Christmas time and we are talking about Luke, the book of Luke. Yeah. It is the book of Luke, right? Yeah, it is. Luke it two. Is. Yeah, Luke two. Yeah. <laughs> it gave is me the a most complete. No, it's the most complete story of Jesus's birth. Yes, almost two full chapters dedicated to it. Yeah, and so uh, an angel appears. Yeah. To uh, a certain group of gentlemen, because a baby's been born. Right. Right. And then a group of angels appear. Yeah, that's when it gets really intense. Yeah. Do you want to read that part? Sure. 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 So. Um, Here we go, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord, a messenger, appeared around them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And then suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. I never saw that before. It's pretty epic. The armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. That's a little different than you generally see that like picture painted, right? You usually see a bunch of like white gowns and harps and yeah, flowing locks and angelic faces. Yeah. And here it's the armies of heaven. Yeah, what I just saw was a bunch of big scary men <laughs> shouting like ah! you know, like Sparta or something, you know? Like that's awesome. That's epic. <laughs> yeah, I it get, does. I get a picture of Michael kicking kicking the devil into the well going yeah. this is heaven <laughs> <laughs> but but he starts with do not be afraid yeah you're not going to be afraid of a bunch of flowing peaceful robed <laughs> sing- no you're going to be scared of the army of heaven shouting at you yeah. that the lord is born man like that's awesome it's epic yeah yeah i like that that's it, cool. that think about it. that's the same army from is it elijah or Elisha. Uh, Elisha. Elisha. The, they see the, he says, open his eyes. Yeah, and, open the eyes of my servant. And, he, and sees, he does. And he sees chariots and guys with swords. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's this same group of guys going, hey, the Lord's been born to you today. Like, that's awesome. Ooh, 
ooh, ooh, ooh, I wonder, I wonder if that was on the same mountain. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't that's know. a rabbit trail. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, that's no a, way to know. That, there's another day for that, I suppose. Um, but, but the reason we're bringing up this passage, the reason we're talking about, about what this angel said, or these angels said, uh, or army of God, whatever. Right. We're not getting into the details. Point being, it's a pretty cool way of thinking about how we can remind ourselves of what Christmas is all about this year. And it's three simple things to remember. And, and, and that's what I want to kind of rest on here for this episode is remembering these three things. Don't be afraid because I'm bringing good news. Uh, all glory to God and peace on earth to men. Yeah. Right? The, the, those are the three things this angel's proclaiming. And so this Christmas season, if we can remember those three things and remember contextually, biblically, what those three things represent, then I think we're going to be a whole lot more effective at loving the people around us this Christmas, at enjoying our Christmas. Because I'll be honest, man, with the current state of the world, I don't know that I'm feeling all that Christmassy this year or <laughs> have been for the last few years. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's true. That's and true. so like... I kind of miss feeling all bubbly and happy at Christmas time. And I would like yeah. that again. And yeah. I think this is a good way to do it. And it's, it's a good way to remain at peace with God and to know everything's good. Everything's going to be okay. And, and you know what? I want that peace to be in the lives of the people around me. So I'm going to go spread this good news. So Zach, this is not a rabbit trail. Do you know what the most common command in the Bible is? The most common command. The, in the Bible. most common command. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say that one's got to come up a lot, dude. It's got to come up a lot. Yeah. And it's it's like overwhelming. I looked it up once and uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's all over the place. Don't be afraid. All the way from the Old Testament through the New Testament. You remember the uh, uh, the t-shirts that said no fear? Yeah. And then I saw one... Uh, uh, kind of a redneck looking guy. His t-shirt said, ain't scared. <laughs> <laughs> but the Christian's t-shirt ought to say, fear not. Don't be afraid. Fear yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Uh, I'm, so like Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46, 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Over and over again, we don't fear. Why? He's here. He's here. He's with me. He's with me. But that's not what the angel said. What did the angel say? Well, he said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. But what's the good news? The great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, has been born today in Bethlehem. And you'll go and you'll find a baby wrapped in uh, basically diapers. Yeah. Yeah. Swaddling cloth. Swaddling cloth. Yeah. yeah. A little... A little... Shraps of 
cloth, but it's different and it's not because he, he's saying that the baby's been born to you today. Yeah. Right. But that brings me, my thoughts directly to Isaiah seven fourteen, which is therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And in some translations, in parentheses, it says, which means God is with us. Interesting. And Interesting. so when that angel says, fear not, I bring you good news. What's the good news? Well, that a baby has been born. What's that baby's name? They will call him Emmanuel, which is the Lord is with us. God is with us. And that baby is God, literally God. So when the angel says, I bring you good news, he's literally saying, I bring you the gospel. The gospel. Yeah. I bring you the gospel. You know, um, I was reading in, in some of the books about uh, uh, turn of the turn of the millennia, <laughs> back at the time when Jesus was born. This was a common way to announce the birth of a new Caesar the birth of a Caesar's child, they would say good news. Or if a new Caesar had been elected, they would call that the gospel, the good news. So it's, here's a king. Here is a new king. With his army. Yeah, yeah. The he's, army proclaiming the new king. He's got power. <laughs> yeah, well, not the new king, but the birth of the king as a human. Yeah. And he's here and he's with us. Um, and so... I I think that's what's happening here. I think that the angel is saying the exact same thing that's been said throughout scripture and it looks different, but it's not. It's yeah. just literally happening in in history. Like like in our physical time and space, God has become a human being. And now it's not just that, you know, God is with you in spirit or God is with you as this cloud in the tabernacle or God is is with you, you know, it, looking over you. No, God is literally among you. He is walking the earth with you today. Yeah. And that's what that angel's proclaiming. So don't be afraid because he's with you. And so I wonder they this was not the only time God walked with his people. He did that back when he led them out of Egypt. But he uh, wasn't physical. Well, there was a pillar of fire and a uh or a column of fire and a pillar but like not as a human smoke. i'm saying like like he's right. literally a not human as being. a human not as a human because like he presents himself as the angel of the lord and the the, the commander of the lord's army right. and, and and he walked with adam and eve in the garden but there right. is a different connotation from that to now he is like he's, he's a baby he's literally yeah. one of you now yeah like he's become like you he's a baby just like you once were right Right. So it's adding a layer. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same God. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to be thinking about, you know, all of those times when God was present with Israel and everything that that meant. And in their minds, I think that was, you know, that was like uh, the golden age for them. Here's the golden age again. God is with you again. This is just like those days when the tabernacle was in was in Israel. Yeah. You know, but but this is somehow more. Like he's 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 walking with us and we can go worship and see him. And and yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, cuz think about that, right? That like in the tabernacle, the high priest was allowed to be near God. And that was it. He was allowed in once a year, right? 
Is that right. yeah? But now you got these three guys, just some three guys. These these kings, the or, well, it's the shepherds first, right? Shepherds yeah. first, yeah. So so shepherds, the low, some of the lowest positions in society, right? And you can go and you can sit in the very presence of God today. Like this is this is huge. This would be huge for them. Yeah. Right. You don't need a high priest. Go worship him. Yeah. Go see him. Go go touch this baby. See that this is God. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. And so I guess my question to you would be. How does that apply to us today? Huh. That, that's that's a great question. <laughs> so here's where my brain's at. Okay. Just as those shepherds could look on the past, and you've talked about this a lot, and I'd kind of like you to lead us through this a little bit, on the Jewish mentality of looking to the past to walk into the future. Uh, the meaning of faith, yeah. Yeah, the the they're looking at the past and going god did walk among us he 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 was with us in other ways he was with us as the pillar he was with us in the tabernacle he was with us um you know a, as the 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 commander of the lord's army and the the angel of the lord right like we we've seen god present among us before right but now he's doing this and so they can look to the past and go yeah this is in line with who he is yeah and they can confidently walk into the future and go, I am going to go find this baby because this is the Lord. This yeah. is God. He's with us. We can do that today too. And we look back on the way, not only that God did all those things for Israel back in the Old Testament, but now we're to this this New Testament, which was just a couple thousand years ago. Right. And we see God enter into history. And it's not just through our Bibles. It's through the testimonies of hundreds of people that saw Christ and that interacted with him and that went on to martyr to give their lives to witness to right, what they had seen, right. right? And it's based on, you know, the Babylonian Talmud and, and other writings, Tacitus and Josephus, that record that, no, this man was real. This man lived. And some call him a sorcerer and others say he's not God at all. But, but, but the point is, this was a real man. And we can look on that and go, God literally walked on this earth. He is with me today because I know he was with us then. Right. And so I can confidently know that he is truly with me now because he always has been. Right, right, right. So what, you're, what, what you were uh, talking about there, uh, Hebrew as a language, um, biblical Hebrew only has 1,200 words. Hmm. And um, in in comparison, a sixth grader today uh, has a vocabulary of around, I think it's 52,000 words in English. So in Hebrew, it's not that they have less concepts than we have today. It's that one word has to mean several different things, and you figure out by context what it means. That's why Hebrew is a much more picturesque language. It's it's art. It's it's uh, it's more of a of a um, an emotional language. So in Hebrew, uh, the word for sunrise is the same word for east. The word for sunset is the same word as west makes perfect sense. Sun comes up in the east, 
So when the sun rises, I look and I see, and uh, oh, that's that's east, that's sunrise. Um, that same word means in front of, and the word for west means behind me. But it gets really interesting when you realize that the word for east, the word for sunrise, the word for in front of me is the word that means the past. And the word for sunset west behind me is the word for future. So the Hebrew had a very solid grasp of the concept that they faced the the past. The only thing they could know was what has already taken place. They don't know what tomorrow brings, but it doesn't matter. Because when they look to the past, what they see is God. Yeah. And that's what this is about. They look to the past and they see God walking among them. This is different. He is now here. He's, he's right now, he's cooing in a manger. And in a couple of months, he'll be, he'll be, um, uh, uh, crawling as a baby. Mm -hmm. And, they don't walk, they don't run, but he's here with us. Right. right. The same God that we saw in the past who is with us is here with us. So, yeah, it says an awful lot about my future. If I can look to the past and see God, realize this baby is God, then, yeah, it has a huge impact and, on my future. And, too, like... When you look through the Old Testament, you see that Israel was often uncertain of the ways of God, that they they didn't always trust or understand his ways. And they'd screw up because he told them to do this, but then they wouldn't do it. But then in the end, you realize, oh, like that was like he had a plan and it made sense, yeah. even though they didn't see it. And so in a similar way, these shepherds may be sitting there going, man, I don't get this. Why has God a baby right now? Right. But I trust him because I've seen what he's done for us in the past. And then today we can go, look, my life is crazy and the world around me is crazy and I don't get it, but I've seen what he's done time and time again. And I saw what he did when he entered into this world that he died on this cross and he saved me of my sin. And so I can be confident that, that I don't have to be afraid. You quoted Isaiah seven fourteen Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. um, the word Emmanuel occurs one other spot in the book of Isaiah. And in that spot, it's not exactly a curse word, but what Isaiah says is, look out because Emmanuel, God is with us. What he's saying is if you don't, choose to obey God, if you don't choose to follow God, God being with you is not a good thing. Yeah. It totally depends on how, what you're going to do with it. So your, your response to God being with us 100% matters. Yeah. And it kind of determines whether God being with you is a curse or a blessing. Are you going to be the shepherd or the Magi? You're going to show gonna be up. Herod. Or are you going to be Herod? And crucify him. Right. Which, or Herod or didn't one of the soldiers. You, you see what I'm right. Right. Yeah. You you decide. Yeah. How do you respond to, to, to God? And if and if you respond by recognizing that this is a blessing and that this is the 
Lord of the universe that's here and he loves you and he wants to uphold you uh, and, and make you righteous yeah. uh, by his son. If you recognize that, we don't have to be afraid. Right. I dig that. So that's the first one. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because God's with us. Ain't and we scared. know that because he's been with us before. <laughs> he's always been with us yeah. throughout time. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he's proven that over if, and over if again. If we are only willing to see him. <laughs> right. And so the next one, and this is an interesting tie-in. And once again, I'm going to be going to an English definition here. Okay. okay. Uh, but glory. Yeah. Right? Because the angel says glory to God. Right. Right? When I look up the English definition from the uh, Oxford Dictionary, uh, the first one is high renown or honor won by notable achievements. Oh. And that ties in with the whole look to the past and walk confidently into the future and give glory to God because he's proven himself. He didn't have to, but he did over and over again. And that is why we need to give glory to him because he's good. Hebrew language again, you know what else the word uh, glory in Hebrew means? The Hebrew word for glory is kabod. Yeah, I had to do a study on this like two years ago, okay. and I don't remember, so you're going to have to heavy. me. Heavy. It yeah. means heavy. Yeah. That kind of gets back, um, I think we talked about C.S. Lewis and his book, uh, The Great Divorce. Where uh, in heaven everything is substantial. Everything is so glorious. Yeah, and in in hell everything is like a shadow. It's a shade. So these guys go from hell into heaven, and they cut their feet on the grass. Yeah, because it's so real, and they are so unreal, not real. Right, <laughs> right. It like it's like they can't even walk through the fields. Right. They have to like they have to lean on on one of the good spirits. Yeah. To get yeah, through. To be able to get through. And, and the right. longer they walk through the grass, the more they walk the into heaven. No, no, yeah. the easier it gets. Oh, okay. Yeah, that it's hard. And they got to trick – because the whole thing with the great divorce is that the people in hell choose to be in hell. Right. And the people in heaven have chosen to be in heaven. Right, right. And that the people in hell have the option to leave whenever they want, they, but they don't want to because yeah. they hate the goods so much. Yep. Yep. Uh, which, you know, is not literal. Like it's, right, right, right. But, it's, it's but there's age. a point it's to a, be yeah. made there, right? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so the, the question here is, well, okay, glory to God, Yeah. the angels proclaiming glory to God, all right. glory be to God, God in the highest. So how do we do that? That's a great question. Cause like uh, going back to the shepherds and the magi, they go and they bring gifts and they worship, they bow down, they worship. But is that, that's good. That yeah, is good. Right. But is that all worship is? Is that all that brings glory to God? And so I started digging through my Bible and looking up instances of, of what brings glory to God. Uh, the first one was John 15.8. Um, well, it's actually more than just 15.8, uh, but it's the whole I am the vine. Um, Jesus says uh, in in 15.5, John 15.5, I am the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He goes on and in 8 he says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And then later on in the verse, uh, it would be down in like 17 here. He said, this is my command, love each other. And so the fruit that we bear, and, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I don't want to read that whole chunk. It's a lot of passage, but 
it, it's like the fruit is loving each other, but loving each other is also how we stay connected to the branch. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's a both and. Um, we typically in the church day, when we talk about fruit, typically we talk about numbers. Yeah. We're talking about people that have started coming, people have been baptized, people have been one to the Lord. I did a study once on fruit in scripture and never, never, zero times does fruit refer to the number of people who've been following the Lord. Consistently, it refers to personal changes, to loving each other, to uh, uh, the, the fruit is sort of that internal transformation that takes place when we begin to follow now. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to lead others to the Lord. We absolutely should. Right. But that's not what he's talking about when he says that you bear much fruit. What he's saying is that you become like me more and well, more. Uh, that's well, the fruit. So you're actually calling this to mind. Sorry. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> While you're looking. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of other places. Uh, I don't think the use of the word fruit actually occurs all that much in Scripture. But uh, when it does, it's referring to personal transformation, not so much number of followers. I'm glad you just said all that because you 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 triggered a good train of thought. Good. Uh, Galatians five twenty two through twenty three. Oh man, yeah. But the fruit of the spirit, yes, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control against such things, there is no law. Does it not also say elsewhere that that love covers a multitude of sins? Yeah, it sure which does. Which is almost a, a parallel to this concept that this is what love looks like. Right. And Jesus says, and so what's my command to you? Love, love. one another. Yeah. That's the fruit I want you to do. Right. What does that look like? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against these things, there is no law. And so that is how we glorify God, is by honoring the people around us, loving others. Even like Jesus says, love your enemies. You know, yeah. you've, you've heard to, to, to do good to those around you. I say love your enemies. Yeah. And that's countercultural no matter where you're from. Oh, my goodness. It sure is. So, and, and dude, like, think about it. How many people hate going to their families? Like, there are people that have real family issues. I'm so lucky that, like, I've got a, a family where we like each other. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I yeah. hear some people talk about their families and I'm like, oh, man, like, you guys are dysfunctional, dude. It's like listening to the, the Osbournes or something, like, <laughs> back in the day. You remember that show? Don't, oh, yeah. don't watch it. It's not good. But, um, like these are the commandments that, that even if we got difficult people in our lives, even if we've got people that just we can't stand to be around or or maybe that are just mean to us or you know whatever, like we're still called to love and to be joyful and to bring yeah. peace and to show kindness and forbearance. That's patience, to be patient with them, uh, to show them goodness, to be faithful to God, to be gentle, to, to have self-control, that we can, we are commanded to do those things at all times. Yeah. And so this Christmas season, do that. No matter who you're around. I saw, I was at Taco Bell yesterday. 
And man, I hope this lady is like a, a listener of our podcast. That would be great. I watched a lady go off on a girl at Taco Bell, at, at the worker at Taco Bell. Me and Abby, my wife, oh. sat there and we were trying to have a conversation. And like every time one of us would start talking, we'd stop in the middle of our sentence because we were so distracted listening to this lady yell at the Taco Bell worker. Oh. And she's looking at her son, who's like five or six, and, and I forget his name. We'll call him Timmy. She's like, Timmy, this is why our nation's going to hell. And I'm like, this is so sad to watch. Like that this 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 girl is like being nice. And what happened was the lady put in the wrong order. The la- well, the lady put the order in at the wrong Taco Bell. And she came to pick it up at this one, and now she's mad it's not here. But she wasn't going to admit that, so she was going to take it out on everyone. And here's why I'm bringing all this up. Because that whole time, all I was thinking was, I'm going to tell this lady off. The whole time I'm sitting there going, I'm going to get up and I'm going to yell at this lady because she's being mean to this girl and it's wrong. And here's the deal. I didn't. I didn't against my want to. Okay. (laughs) And so like on some level, was that the right thing to do? I hope so. I don't know. But my point is we run into difficult people every day, guys. Yeah. yeah. And especially around the holidays when everybody's tensions are high and they're, they're worried about having to get things done and maybe money's tight and stuff. So be thinking about what position other people are in, even when they just are on your last nerve and they're they're being mean or whatever, like still give them grace and love and compassion and try and put yourself in their shoes and say, I don't know what they're going through today. So, uh, Zach, uh, let's say in here I'm thinking of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Cousin Randy comes. <laughs> How do you deal with Cousin Randy? What do you do? Tell him to take that hose out of the sewer because <laughs> he cannot legally dump it there. That's not fair. Yeah, I don't know, man. You love Cousin Randy. I love Cousin Randy. I mean, he's not my cousin. <laughs> That's true. But I love him. He's a great time. Um, but yeah, I mean, here, okay. Something that – a tool that I am trying to implement in my life and, and me and Jason use this with with giant we talked about giant a few episodes ago on the on the is peace possible right. episode yeah, yeah, while yeah. you were gone um but one of the other tools we use is um uh, it, it's the concept of um be interested not interesting <laughs> and so often i think the reason we get so upset at other people is because they're they're talking about themselves and they don't seem to be, they don't seem to care about what we got going on in our lives and we don't feel valued. Right. And I think that, I think that happens a lot. Like that was kind of cousin Randy's issue, right? Cousin Randy shows up and he's just there to, to take and he's going to stay as long as he wants. And all he's thinking about are his kids and he doesn't want to pay for anything. So it all falls on Clark, you know, and, and that's the whole problem. Right. But had Randy showed up and and been like, oh, you know, how can I help? You know, what do you guys need help with? That would have been a totally different exchange. Right. Well, we can't change how Randy acts. Right. But we can make sure that we are more interested in them than we are in ourselves. Right. That we're putting others before us. So this morning coming to work, I was listening to a podcast. In the podcast, he was talking about social media. And it said that in Harvard, they did a study. Um, they studied a number of uh, undergraduate students 
And uh, they wired them up so they could figure out which lobe of the brain was working. And half of them they asked to talk about themselves. And the other half they asked to talk about one of their friends. The people who talked about themselves, uh, the frontal lobe was activated in every single one of them. The frontal lobe is called uh, the pleasure zone. That's where uh, when you get a gift, it lights up. When when uh, it, it creates dopamine. Mm-hmm. So anything good that happens, you know, it it uh, sends dopamine to the rest of your body, and you're just uh, motivated by that. You're you're excited. You're you're pleased by that. It's it's good. That happened when they were talking about themselves. Every single person that talked about somebody else, the frontal lobe didn't go off at all. (laughs) They viewed that as a task that they had to do. That's why we love to talk about ourselves instead of talking about other people. Because it makes us feel good. What you're saying is that to truly love somebody else, don't worry about trying to make yourself feel good. Talk to somebody else about themselves. What's going to make them feel good? Let them feel good. Yeah. Talk about themselves. But don't take our word for it because I have a, a passage here that's going to back us up. Okay. <laughs> Which is what good. Is yeah. Right? It, it wouldn't be good if you guys just came here and listened to us rant about what we thought was good. <laughs> We're talking about the Bible. And so we go to 1 Corinthians 10, 31 through 33. And Paul says, so whether you eat or drink, because he's been talking about like eating food, sacrifice to idols, right, right, and right. making sure that you're not doing something that causes someone else to stumble. Right. Right. Make sure that everything you do is for the good of others. Yes. That's what he's saying. And so he says, so whether you eat or drink, whether you do, uh, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. And so everything we do, do it with other people in mind. Do it that God can be glorified and that they can be brought to salvation because they can see the good working in you. Is that a fair way of looking at that? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Paul's talking about a, a situation that we don't really deal with today. And so... You know, we're not really worried about food sacrificed to idols. Right. So, but, right. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, rather than food sacrificed to idols, how, how are you going to treat the people around you? How are you exactly. going to make decisions That's based on thing. others versus yourself? Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I see that. And then I see Jesus talking about, you know, like they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, well, there's two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, strength, soul, you know, and then love your neighbor. That's what Jesus sums the greatest commandments up to. And and which in turn, coming back to the, you know, I am the brand or I'm the vine, you're the branches, produce fruit. What's the fruit? Love each other. He keeps hammering that one home. Love each other. Love each other. And what's love? Fighting for the highest possible good in others. Cool. Fighting for their good, not your good. And Paul backs that up with this passage. Neat. And I so like yeah. to kind of tie this one to our third piece here, our third topic. Yeah. I got a C.S. Lewis quote on glory. Okay. And I want to hear your thoughts on it because he says okay. a few dicey, maybe controversial things in here. Okay. But I think when you look at C.S. Lewis at large, I don't think he means anything sketchy by it, but right. it does come off a little odd. But okay. I think it's a good quote otherwise. He says this. He says, 
Uh, this is from The Weight of Glory. He says, it may be possible for each to think too much of his own potential glory hereafter. It is hardly possible for him to think too often or too deeply about that of his neighbor. The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible little g-gods and little g-goddesses. <laughs> to remember, he does, he does write it that way, uh, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another. All friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never met a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. That you are either going to be, and, and this is me kind of backing this up, but it's like we're either going to be made into the likeness of Christ. And hear me out. I, I don't know. I, from what I understand, I don't think Lewis literally means we're going to be gods and goddesses. Right. No, but, no, no. But we're either going to be in the likeness of Christ or we are going to be in the likeness of death personified. Yeah. Eternally. And we get to determine how we interact with everyone and how we get to help them to one of those destinations. I yeah, think it's yeah, an interesting. I, I mean, I like that. It, ultimately, he's saying we either worship God or we end up worshiping ourselves. And in turn, kind of push the people around us to one of those two def de destinations. Yeah. yeah. That, that, our lives play into the lives of those around us. And so treat other people with respect. I mean, is what he's laying it down to that, that treat other people like they are truly the image bearers of God. So just kind of playing this out, do you think that either in our interactions with other people, we are either trying to get them to worship God or we're trying to get them to worship us? Is that going too far? Judging by my interaction with the lady in Taco Bell yesterday? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just fun. Uh, I mean, yeah. Because here's the deal, man. All, all of the like generally are – when we act poorly towards other people, Yeah, like if I'm yelling at you or I'm mad at you – it's because you're hurting my ego. It's because right. I am being selfish. It's because right. I feel like I've been dishonored. It's rarely because you're dishonoring God and I'm defending God. Right. I mean, there right. there are right. moments right. of that. But even in those moments, we have to be careful that that's really why we're upset at them. Or is it because I want to be right? Yeah. Right? And so, so yeah. I mean, may, maybe 
I don't want to say it's always one of those two poles. It, yeah, that's kind of a black and white. It's a very generalized version, and there are but it's a lot of gray. <laughs> it's not far off though, yeah. right? Like that—that's something we have to be very careful of. Yeah. So yeah, we want to be making sure that we're honoring people as image bearers of God, that we are interacting with people worthy of our love, even when they don't deserve it, because we've received the love of God, even though yeah. we didn't deserve it. Right. And right. I mean, that's really what Lewis is getting at there. Yeah. But he's 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 a poet, so he's saying it in the <laughs> biggest, biggest, most hyperbolized way possible. But I like that though. Yeah, it's interesting. And and the reason uh yeah, I kinda use that to to jump into this next spot is um that it kind of takes a piece within us to be able to to lay ourselves down. And to get out of our own way so that we can put others first. And so that's the third thing. And you mentioned uh, to me before we started recording this that, you know, the angel's not talking about us bringing peace. Right. It's, right. About, it's about the peace of God. Right. To, the baby is bringing peace. Right. But then how does the baby bring peace? By telling his followers to do the same. Yeah. Right. And so we have to be careful to, to actually follow. You have a Isaiah 9 where a child is born, the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of and peace. the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Yeah. So what is peace? Ready for another American definition? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know how many of you guys listened to uh, – I we had Jason Kemp on the podcast. He's one of the pastors here at New Hope, um, and Jason and I work like a, for we do. Uh, we we work as guides with companies right, and individuals right, right, right. to help them get their lives on track, right? To in order to to bring peace their to their lives, and their businesses, yeah, their lives yeah. and their businesses. And so, uh, one of the tools we talk about is the peace index. And so we had Jason Jason on for the is peace possible. Right. episode. Right. And he gave the definition of what peace is in the American dictionaries. What do you call it? Uh, so it generally says uh, that peace is freedom from disturbance. We tweak it, though, because that's not what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus isn't calling us to freedom from disturbance. He said, you're going to have many troubles in this world. Yeah. You know that this world's going to be very hard. But he says, but I've overcome it. Right. And so Jesus doesn't call us to freedom from disturbance. Jesus calls us to peace in the midst of disturbance. Freedom in the midst of disturbance. That, that even when we're down in it, that we can have freedom. Uh, uh, something else Jason said that I loved was he said, you know, when, if you ever have gone to an airport and you get on an airplane and you get to the airport and it's raining, so it can be thunderstorming. You know, and you get on the plane and there's rain pouring down the windows. He said, and you start to take off and it's bumpy and it's rocky and it's scary. He said, the higher up you get, that rain starts to kind of get brushed off those windows because you, you kind of watch the beads roll off and it starts to clear up on the windows. And he says, and once you break through that, that cloud line, it's sunny because the storm's below the clouds. Huh. The storm is happening down beneath everything. Right. It's still raining. It's still raining down below, but now you're up above the clouds. You're up in Europe where it's clear skies all the time, right? And so 
in a similar fashion throughout scripture, we see Jesus, like when he goes off to pray by himself, he's reconnecting with, with his father. He's, he's, he's talking to his father and remembering what it was like above those clouds that, that God is in this place where things are peaceful and things are perfect, right? Because he is good and he can only dwell in good. And so when we remind ourselves of that, and when we stay connected to the true vine as the branches of the vine, we can be up above the clouds where it's peaceful, even when we're down in the rain, because Jesus was down in the storm with us, but inside he was at peace with God. He, his soul was right with God. And so, uh, I, I think about, um, Philippians four, six through seven. Um, let me pull that up really quick. Four, six through seven, where it says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and pe uh, petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so what we see there is be thankful and go to God with everything. I mean, we see throughout scripture that it says, you know, pray ceaselessly. Always be praying, always be connected to God, always be connected to the true vine, always be getting your sustenance from him because this world only brings pain and, and, right. and turmoil, but God gives you peace. He says, I give you what this world does not give you. And so we have to stay connected to him for that elsewhere. We're just going to fall apart. Right. Yeah. Thoughts? Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like that. Uh. Romans 5.1, which I thought I had written both of these down, or I had a tab up for them, but I don't. Uh, Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the babe has come, the babe's in a manger. He brings us peace. Yeah, we we can't. Like, we can't have peace without him. Right. Like, we only get peace from God, just like we only get salvation from God. Like, right, right. It's kind of like, you, you, we, we try to find peace in our own lives. Like, mm -hmm. I read about the, uh, look, like having, d doing the whole, like, I don't want to call it self-help because it's not, um, but working with people on trying to get their lives on track, right. I encounter a lot of like self-help books and self-help programs. Right. And you can't do it. Yeah. And that, and that's kind of part of what we do is like try and show people that is like, it, it's all kind of leading back. We love you it. Cause let it's him do it. Well, it's yeah. a ministry opportunity yeah. because eventually you get to a point and you're like, I can't make myself happy. And you're like, Oh, you can't like, you know, <laughs> like, that's so weird. Well, let me tell you about a guy I know. You know, so like we, we are a culture obsessed with self-help. <laughs> it's true. If I have to, I mean, the titles are usually hilarious and awful, but like, we can't, we can't find peace in us. Right. And if you look at all the world religions other than Christianity, that's what they're all about. Maybe not like Islam or Judaism, you know, cause those are like Abrahamic faiths. Not that Islam is true, but um, like when you look at Hinduism 
or you look at the new age or you look at Buddhism or mm-hmm. you look at Taoism or Taoism. It's all about transcendence. It's all about enlightenment. It's all about becoming one. It's all about tapping into the God inside of you or the God of nature or into nirvana, into this headspace. It's always about you doing it. And, and like I brought up Islam, it's about you working for your salvation. Like, right. But you can't do it. Peace only comes from Christ. And if we stay connected to him, that peace can then permeate and and shine through us into the lives of the people around us. So that's kind of where I was thinking. Do you think there's a, a at least some sense in which the peace that we have from Christ, we can give away to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's so talking about the whole giant thing, our motto is you can't give what you don't possess. Huh. If you don't possess the peace of Christ, how can you give it to the people around you? Right. Your goal is to is to be at peace with God and to give that to other people. That's the gospel, that we've been made righteous, that we've been made in right relationship with God. That's what the angel's proclaiming, that right. God is right with man today, yeah. that, that through this baby, God will be made right, what well, man will be made right with God. And through Jesus's death and resurrection, that's what we have, right? And so if we stay connected to him, if we are aware of that truth, if we are in prayer, if we are in petition with God saying, God, look, I need you to work through me. I need you, this, this cousin, this friend, this neighbor, this coworker, this person that I know does not know you and they need to know you. Please work through me. And if we go to our, our Bibles and go, well, how did Jesus live? I need to know how I can live like Jesus so I can bring that light to the people around me. Like that's what it means to stay connected to the vine is that we're constantly going to him for all of our knowledge and our understanding and our application on how how do I give this to the other people around me. Neat. And so that's the peace element. And yeah. maybe it's the most simple one, but it's also probably the most difficult to understand. Yeah, I was going to say I'm not so sure it's so simple. <laughs> well, I guess I'm saying like there's there's not a lot to talk about there. Right, but, right, right. But it's infinitely important, Yeah. right? Like – you have to do it or that's we've been commanded to spread the gospel. Right. Right. It, which in turn, we become the angel. Huh, you, you see what I'm saying? Yep. That our yep. job that, well, well that's we're funny the messenger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Angel is messenger. Right. And so we end up proclaiming the same thing. The messenger yeah. th- did the angel did to the, to the shepherds. He says, don't be afraid. God's with you. Um, all glory to God in the highest. Yeah. And God's peace is with you. If nice. you – well, depending yeah. on what version you read is if you're favorable, sure. <laughs> if his favor right, rests right. on you, yeah, yeah. which means stay connected to him. Yeah. I want to teach you to be connected to God yeah. so his favor will rest on you rather than those who reject him because his favor does not rest on them. So it's really – yeah, that's interesting. It's a cyclical thing. It's – that angel was discipling the shepherds <laughs> in a way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Teaching them to go follow the son of God. That's interesting. You got anything to add? Uh, just that the the whole the whole conversation doesn't feel very Christmassy, which is a shame because it's at the center of Christmas. But we've made Christmas about other things. Yeah, and and look, those things are cool, great presents, awesome, sure, great. 
But uh, that's not peace. No, no, because tell you what, there's plenty of households this Christmas that are full of all of the things you probably think of when you think of Christmas, and they don't give glory to God, and they don't have peace in them, and they are afraid of what tomorrow holds because they don't recognize that God is with them. And because tomorrow they have to pay for everything that they... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, those those credit card bills are coming next That's month, right. you know? And so maybe maybe this Christmas doesn't feel all that Christmassy to you. Maybe maybe Santa doesn't, uh, you know, spark that little smile on you like he used to, and maybe snow just is it another hassle in the world and maybe presence means a drain on your wallet and having family over means turmoil and arguments and whatever, but it doesn't have to look like what you've been told Christmas looks like because what the angel came to proclaim to the shepherds was you don't have to be afraid because God is with you. So all glory be to God glory, meaning love him for what he's done. Yep. Right. Respect him, honor him for what he's done. How do you do that? Love one another. And finally, bring peace to the people around you because the peace of God rests on those who his favor is with. And if you know Jesus Christ, then his favor is on you. And so go spread that message message and in turn go be that angel and go preach the same thing to the people around you. Yeah. And that's that's Christmas. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Very good. Awesome. Um Thank you for listening. If you got questions, send those to uh, salty saints at becomehope.com or questions at becomehope.com. Going to give Randy's podcast a plug. His podcast is called Let's Find Out Together. You should check it out. It is uh, daily devotionals through the it Bible. Is. It is. He's not going to plug himself, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it for him. <laughs> um, Jason Kemp has a great podcast. If you are in the entrepreneurial sphere of the world, uh, or just want to learn something about leadership. Yeah, because there's there's great uh, uh, pieces of both in his podcast, and it's kind of it's one of his forms of ministry, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, that one's called Leading is Serving, and he's co-hosting that with his uh, with his friend Chris Wood, one of the guys here at our church, awesome guy. And um, make sure to get over to lifeaudio.com. Check out all their podcasts. Got lots and lots of stuff for your life, uh, for your Bible study, for your family life. And uh, they're they're a really great partner with us. And so we, we want to thank them and make sure you get over there to check them out. Please leave us a comment. Drop us a question. We want to hear from you guys. We love you guys. We thank you for being such great uh, listeners and a, such a supportive audience. And we hope that you have a great Christmas. And until next time, stay salty. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.